0: The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. Our Reasonable Voice today is Jamie Lockhart, who has over a decade of professional experience in nonprofit advocacy, political organizing, and public policy, and who currently serves as the Executive Director of Planned Parenthood Advocates of Virginia. Previously, Jamie Lockhart was the National Director of Mission Readiness, a nonprofit organization of over 700 retired admirals and generals strengthening national security through evidence-based investments in children. Before joining Mission Readiness in 2014, Jamie was recruited by campaigns in the Commonwealth of Virginia, including President Obama's 2012 re-election, and Jamie has worked on Capitol Hill as a legislative assistant and director of e-communications. Jamie, a native of Chesterfield County, Virginia, graduated magna cum laude from James Madison University with a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science and obtained a Master in Public Administration degree from the Harvard Kennedy School. She is, in addition to all of that, a certified group fitness instructor and a triathlete. Welcome, Jamie Lockhart, to the Reasonable Voices News Talk radio program. How are you today?
1: Thank you, Marcello. I appreciate you having me on and I think
0: I've been going through a, a roller coaster of emotions recently. Uh huh. Does that have anything to do with just before we came on air? There was some breaking news. The Supreme Court has today, Monday, June 29th, struck down Louisiana's dangerous abortion restriction. First, what was Louisiana's restriction on abortion, and what does this mean for women in Louisiana, Virginia, and possibly America?
1: Yeah, so Louisiana passed a law, Law 620, that required that physicians have admitting privileges at a hospital within 30 miles. Mm -hmm. And so the Supreme Court today, they sent a resounding message to politicians all across the country. Um, And that message is stop trying to make abortion inaccessible. And... um, I'll say that while today is a victory for Louisianans and for, you know, many people across the country, um, that too many people still um, do not have access to abortion and, you know, still have a long way to go. But, um, but it was, it was great that today the Supreme court upheld the precedent from four years ago and, in Whole Women's Health versus Hellerstadt that the, that restrictions like this place a undue burden on those seeking abortion care.
0: Okay, your answer makes me think of many things. Of course, we all know abortion is a hot issue in America. I could go on and on about that, but I want to hear more from Jamie. Just for a moment, a slight aside, because this struck me when I first read your bio Strengthening National Security Through Evidence-Based Investments in Children. Can you explain Mm -hmm. that to us a bit?
1: When a lot of people think of national security, they think of ships and planes and bases abroad and nuclear weapons. And the thing that they don't necessarily spend as much time thinking about is the quality of the men and women who serve in our armed forces. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that, that I worked on for four years is talking about strengthening national security through strengthening our overall citizenry and the education and health of young people in America so that they can be productive members of society and have the opportunity to serve. but not necessarily go into the military, but be qualified to do so if they chose.
0: Okay, now, back to my original reason for asking you on the show, what, what is PPAV and its mission?
1: Yes, yeah, so PPAV, which stands for Planned Parenthood Advocates of Virginia, we are a statewide advocacy organization, and our mission is to preserve and broaden access reproductive health care. And we do that through advocating for legislation, through public education, electoral activity, and then when necessary, litigation. And we work to ensure that individuals and their families have the freedom, information, and ability to make their own informed reproductive health choices.
0: That includes a great deal. It bothers me when Anything, anyone, any organization associated with Planned Parenthood is immediately branded with a, the one-word label abortion, and I just think there's so much more to it. And you, and of course, as you know, I reached out to you some time ago and said well, I would love to talk to you about this. But uh-huh. this is this is grand. In in just a few days, for instance, before again we're pre-recorded. Before Independence Day, what changes are we expecting in Virginia to reproductive health protection, for instance?
1: Yes. So, as you know, Marcello, on July 1st, a lot of new laws take effect into the Commonwealth. That's the kind of default date where new laws take effect. Yes. And one of the laws that, that we've been working on for years, but that's with the electoral changes as a result of the 2019 elections that was able to to finally pass this year was the Reproductive Health Protection Act. Mm -hmm. And so that legislation does a number of things to get rid of medically unnecessary barriers to accessing abortion care in Virginia. Mm -hmm. So over the last several decades, conservative policymakers have passed these restrictions that were not about health or safety in any way, but about making access to abortion more difficult. Mm-hmm. And so starting July 1st, patients will no longer be forced to listen to a recording following a state mandated bias script that is intended to shame patients and discourage them from seeking abortion care. Starting in July, patients will only need to come in to see an abortion provider one time. So this cuts the time in half, the need for time off from work and child care, gas money, and all of those other logistics that go into obtaining an abortion. And that is because this new law got rid of the 24-hour mandatory waiting period mm-hmm. in, be- in between getting an ultrasound and actually being able to get an abortion and then patients will also be able to seek abortion care from qualified nurse practitioners and certified nurse midwives these are trained professionals who have gone through rigorous postgraduate training and have extensive clinical experience and so this will greatly expand abortion access in the state and should make those especially who are in more rural communities be able to have a shorter wait time between making an appointment, calling to make an appointment and actually being seen.
0: Does it address the uh, this invasive procedure that was being imposed in various places before you could have an abortion? It was an unnecessary uh, medical procedure. Do you know what I'm talking so about? I don't know if I can. A
1: mandatory ultrasound. Yes, yes,
0: yes. yes. Thank so, you.
1: So this this legislation does remove the requirement that a medical professional performs a mandatory ultrasound before providing abortion care. And I'll say that there will be cases where a patient still still needs an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. um, But it will now be up to the discretion of the medical professional about what whether that is medically necessary, and it, you know, no longer Based on something that conservative politicians put in place, you
0: know, just to restrict care. I know you know. Generally, I don't ask against their politics unless they're on the show to talk politics. But you've said conservative uh-huh. twice, and of course, everyone knows I use that word as an adjective quite often, and not not favorably. Give us give us your experience. Let's put it that way. Your experience in trying to Accomplish the goals of uh, PPAV, how have conservatives, political conservatives, responded to you and your efforts?
1: Right. And I I should be clear, when I say conservative, I'm using that, unfortunately, in Virginia, synonymous with anti-abortion, because what we know is that those who are conservative have been the ones who have pushed these restrictions for years. Yes. And no Republican members of the Virginia General Assembly voted in favor of the Reproductive Health Protection Act. Not so one. So it's
0: not one. None
1: of, them, none of them. Not one. So I think it's very clear who is on the side of patient health in this in this case.
0: Okay. And I would say also that the fight for the Equal Rights Amendment in the Commonwealth of Virginia has seen the same sort of response from conservative Republicans. So, uh, you know, facts are facts. History is history. So there it is. That's that's the information. uh, Everyone take it as you will. Has there been a difference, do you believe, now that you have a doctor as governor of Virginia? Has that uh, helped at
1: all? yes i I think so and as you may know governor northam has been very supportive of Mm -hmm. reproductive health and rights and has been saying his whole career that he believes these decisions should be made by by women with their medical professionals and not by politicians and in particular i would say that having him as governor has been important during this time of of COVID-19. Yes. And whereas a lot of states use this moment to really restrict access to abortion care and to put up extra obstacles for those seeking care, Governor Northam affirmed family planning as essential so that people – needing abortion care could could still access that care during
0: this pandemic. Excellent. And you know that's where I was going next to with a question. Let's uh, we don't have much time left for this particular segment, but I'd like to just touch on a little more just to follow through ex- exactly on what you were saying. What healthcare professionals or I should say with healthcare professionals and facilities overburdened with coronavirus COVID-19 and and I was corrected the other day by a guess that it's really SARS COVID two. In any mm-hmm. case, by whatever name, are reproductive and sexual health cares suffering from that? In other words, is there room in the end?
1: Well, we know that sexual and reproductive health care is essential, mm-hmm. and it's it's time sensitive. Yes. So people do not stop getting. Pregnant during a pandemic, mm-hmm. and they need access to birth control. They need access to STI testing, testing for urinary tract infections, also abortion care, and that doesn't stop during a pandemic. And and really, I think the the COVID nineteen pandemic has magnified the the harm of a lot of medically unnecessary abortion restrictions during this time. And, you know, when you think about the obstacles that that have been in place for years, that will now be off the books as of July 1st Mm -hmm. during this pandemic from, from March through the end of June, patients in Virginia who are seeking abortion care have had to go into health centers twice. And so they had to go in for an ultrasound, wait 24 hours, and then come back. And so you're unnecessarily having them come into an environment where, you know, obviously it's it's very safe and staff are taking all the precautions and wearing PPE. But they're increasing their risk whenever they have to travel somewhere
0: twice. Yes, of course. All right, we're going to take a short break. We are talking with uh, Jamie Lockhart who is the executive director of Planned Parenthood Advocates of Virginia. Please stay with us. There's a lot more to come. This is a serious subject. It's time that we grow up on the issues of, of, of female equality in general that, that crosses so many areas, military, medically, of course, and politically, voting rights, elections. Uh, women are not second-class citizens, and it's time for everyone to embrace that. Stay with us. We'll be right back with our guest, Jamie Lockhart. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the indie Film Minute. Writer-director Paul Weitz is an industry pro already well-known for such favorites as About a Boy, In Good Company, Ants, and Even American Pie. In Grandma, he brings us not only a beloved star in Lily Tomlin, but core indie sensibility and humor that arises from relatable life experiences. Tomlin, in her first leading role in Way Too Long, plays Elle, the lesbian feminist grandmother of Sage, Julia Garner. When Sage finds herself pregnant and in need of help, her survival instinct leads her not to her iron-willed and caffeine-fueled mom, a pitch-perfect Masha Gay Harden, but to the give em hell fighter she trusts to win in a clinch, Grandma L is a bit broke. To raise needed cash she turns to friends from the past, and even to her long ago husband Sam Elliott. Each visit completes more of her story one teaspoon at a time. In the end, we have come to know this woman and to love and admire her strength-based laughter in the face of the troubled life she has chosen. This is a revealing portrait of a woman who has battled life into submission, an outsider who never once considered surrender. Thoughtful, humorous, and spare. Distinctive indie perfection. Grandma. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. And our Reasonable Voice today is Jamie Lockhart. She is the Executive Director of Planned Parenthood Advocates of Virginia. And I guess my first question is, is to make this clear, Planned Parenthood and... Planned Parenthood Advocates of Virginia are two separate organizations. How do they intersect via you?
1: Sure. So, so Planned Parenthood health centers across the country are providing sexual and reproductive health care, and and also in many cases primary care to to people across the country. I am the executive director of Planned Parenthood Advocates of Virginia, and we are. If you're familiar with the the tax code, we're the C4 side of Planned Parenthood and we're the political and advocacy arm. So people shouldn't come to me with health care questions because I am not equipped to answer those. But our team is is the team who really works on lobbying legislators on reproductive and and sexual health care policy. We do electoral work. So endorsing and helping elect reproductive health champions. And then we're also doing education and C3 nonprofit voter registration and other efforts to really engage our supporters in the democratic process.
0: Excellent. Now, I knew that, but I wanted you to say that for everyone, because we really are speaking to someone who knows what she's doing and has been doing it for quite a while and i'm pleased to have her on and i want to ask this question that i uh, mentioned to jamie during the break i think probably in the aftermath i'm pretty certain it was this is the time frame in the aftermath of uh, donald trump's election in 2016 i uh, sought out planned parenthood office in charlottesville virginia and asked for a radio interview everyone was very professional everyone was very friendly but they seemed a little hesitant. And I, I left with the impression, uh, I mean, I was given business cards and so forth and, you know, follow up and all that. But I do believe I was also told that whoever is in charge there was just not doing interviews at the moment. I'm not certain of that memory, but I think that's what I was told. And again, professionally and nicely. But I left with the feeling that the people involved in parent planhood um uh, at least in that office, we're feeling the pressure of a new, uh, heavy-handed, top-down approach to the equality of women. Am I overreacting, or what? What do you think about my reaction? But more importantly, what do you think about that situation?
1: Like, I can't speak to what the staff were going through at that moment, and, and I haven't been on board. Like for that long to, to know, but I think the unfortunate reality is that Planned Parenthood and the healthcare that Planned Parenthood health centers across the country provide and including in the Commonwealth of Virginia has unfortunately been politicized. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately too, there are several organizations that exist out there who really go out of their way to try to videotape or get audio of Planned Parenthood staff mm-hmm. saying the wrong thing. Or, you know, they'll conduct a long interview and then they'll clip 20 seconds out of context mm-hmm. that, that makes Planned Parenthood look bad. So I think, unfortunately, staff have to be more aware of who they're talking to and more cautious than a lot of other
0: Nonprofit staff have to be excellent. You know, I'm glad you answered that. That gives me a whole another wrinkle way of of it, that experience. And again, I didn't leave with a negative feeling. I just felt there was a lot of um, pressure, and um, I'm glad I talked to you. How's that? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right then. How closely? Uh, I know we've touched on a a lot of this a little, but I want to just dig down a little uh, deeper if we could. How closely does uh, PPAV work with Virginia's General Assembly in getting new legislation to protect the uh, and expand, for that matter, reproductive health care services and reproductive rights?
1: We work very closely with members of the Virginia General Assembly, and this session, which was started... January 8th and went through about March 12th. I was there most days during session and we had other staff there to talk to legislators about our agenda and it, it really is a kind of sprint because Virginia session is, is so short yes. to get our policy priorities heard and to work with legislators through the process of Legislators who draft draft the legislation, and then there's committee hearings, and then the floor votes. So we're we're there for for all of that to advocate for you know policies to broaden and expand access to reproductive health care.
0: And I'm glad, and that's something else. Uh, you keep saying things that remind me of things I think I should say, and so I'm going to say it. It's very important because I've had a number of delegates and state senators from the general assembly on the show in the past and more than one of them has mentioned you know most people think we work in washington dc and or Mm -hmm. think that we are there full-time and of course we know congress is not full-time about anything but but of course the general assembly as you pointed out meets only what about 90 days a year is that about it it's it's even less than
1: that Uh. It's, it's 30 to 60
0: days
1: a year in in even years when they do the budget, it's 60 days, uh-huh. and then it's 30 days with up to 45 days in odd years.
0: And so the fact that they get as much done as they do, with with of course the there's always conflict, there's competition, there's a disagreement, debate, and and of course the House of Delegates in particular has rules that keep things in committee for a lot longer than they need to be. But all right, so let us be impressed that uh, Virginia General Assembly has gotten so much done. And of course, there's a lot more to get done. So what are we, four months out of, away from the 2020 elections, what are your primary hopes and concerns for the outcome of November's election? And, And to what degree is PVAV actively involved in politics, in actual, I mean, you've had actual campaign experience so you bring that to the organization but it, as an organization do they get directly involved in uh, political campaigns
1: We do I'll say we get more involved in state election years so you know we're more more focused on 2021 races and that's where we'll be putting more of our electoral activity next year Mhm but but this year we will work with the Planned Parenthood Action Fund to do some electoral work, uh, cord- coordinated work in the Commonwealth, and you know we were happy to see that Planned Parenthood Action Fund endorsed Joe Biden for president. Mm-hmm. And you know if, if anyone thinks that elections don't matter, you only need to look to Virginia, where we were able to pass historic progressive legislation, like the Reproductive Health Protection Act after years of advocating for candidates who support these policies. Mm. And so we could talk for hours yes. about how President Trump has been a disaster on healthcare in general, but especially on reproductive and sexual health care. Yes. And so it's critical that we do our part in turning out Virginians to support someone who will really advocate for for programs like title 10 that provide reproductive health care services and the Affordable Care Act like you know who thought that that would be so controversial and be challenged again
0: yes it it does seem to be a a whipping horse they just keep bringing out uh, you know I don't know how you're against affordable health care for everybody I, I mean it's like you just say those words: affordable health care for everybody. What on earth is there about that statement that warrants anyone being against it? I mean, I'm not a naive person. I'm, I I I get what's going on. I'm very much involved in politics and media and so forth. But I just that one I can't I can't put my head around. I always try to approach an adversary, if you will, a disagreement with. Based in, I, I direct theater. Everybody knows that. And in theater, I tell actors all the time, no matter how far out we take this, you have to be rooted in some foundation of reality. There needs to be, we need to look at that as an audience and see, okay, this comes from some real place so that we, we can then respond to that. But I'm not certain I've come up with that with people who just simply oppose affordable health care for everybody. Talk to me,
1: please. Mm-hmm. Well, I think especially during a global pandemic, it's, it's unconscionable yeah. that there's a desire to restrict access to health care when it's needed most. And
0: that absolutely hits it, and, and more succinctly than I was being. I know I mentioned before that arguably most Americans equate Planned Parenthood to abortion primarily, if not exclusively. Could you share with us some other options that PVAV offers women or, or fights for on behalf of women?
1: Sure. So as, as you mentioned, Planned Parenthood offers a wide variety of sexual and reproductive health care. And I also mentioned that Planned Parenthood yes. provides primary health care. Yes. And so there are six health centers in the Commonwealth of Virginia operating right now that are providing a range of very important, important services. And also Planned Parenthood provides very important transgender health care. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that not not many people know. During this legislative session, in addition to advocating for Reproductive Health Protection Act, yes, we also helped pass legislation that makes it so that insurers in the Commonwealth cannot discriminate against people based on transgender identity mm-hmm. and worked with delegate Danica Rome on, on that legislation. Uh-huh. And we also have, have worked on legislation to make it easier for patients to access birth control pills and other medications directly from their nonprofit healthcare provider versus going to a health center and then separately going to a pharmacy. So. There's, there's a lot of things that we've worked on that I think people don't care about because there's not as much opposition to those other things as, and, and not as charged as some people find in comparison to working on issues impacting abortion access.
0: You know, let's, uh, before we go for sure, let's, let's talk about how our listeners can g- get involved with Planned Parenthood's <laughs> advocacy work. Uh, is there? Well, you tell us. I know you. I know you work with a, a number of. You're affiliated with a number of Virginia organizations and Washington D.C. for that matter. Uh, but tell us how can our listeners, the, the you know the regular guys and dolls out there who want to know more and who want to be a part of the advocating for the work of Planned Parenthood.
1: Thank you, Marcello. So there, there are a number of ways to get involved. One easy way to to sign up for for those listening is if they text the letters P P A C T as in Planned Parenthood Action. So letters P P A C T to the number two two four two two. That's two two four two two. That will get them signed up for our Planned Parenthood Action mobile network mm-hmm. to stay updated. And then also, we post a number of events on our social media pages. So our our Twitter page, if, if you search Planned Parenthood Advocates of Virginia on Twitter or on Instagram and Facebook, that's a great way to get involved. And we have a number of events that our organizers are hosting in the coming weeks. Uh, we've done a, a book club, and you know, in this time of virtual organizing. Book club, Netflix watch parties, a number of webinars, text banking and phone banking from home. So even though we're in this this time of, of COVID nineteen where it'll probably be a long time before we have in person events again, mm-hmm. we you know the organizing does not stop.
0: Yes, and nor can it. You know, it's and again with all of the, understandably that the headlines are all about the pandemic, of course, and. Um, and racism, which is systemic, whether you admit it or not, and the economy and trying to decide between your life and your livelihood and all of that. Other things can get drowned out. So it's very important that we are made aware, not just through interviews like this, of course, although I'm certainly happy to have had you on the show, but also all the various um, organizations with which you work, Virginia's League of Planned Parenthood and Planned Parenthood South Atlantic and Planned Parenthood of uh, Metropolitan Washington D.C. and, and of course yes. through through all the social media as well. Is there um, an information line or uh, or a basic a direct website that's just for your organization that people should be aware of as well?
1: There is. So if listeners go to P P A V, as in Planned Parenthood Advocates of Virginia, but the acronym .dot o r g that's where they can find us and, and our website and sign up to, to get involved and if they're willing to donate or to, to kind of see what we have going on.
0: Excellent. All right, then. Thank you so much, Jamie Lockhart. It's been an absolute pleasure and incredibly informative. So thank you. Is there one last point you want to make up to, for us to take away from this conversation?
1: Yeah, I think coming back to the discussion about the Supreme Court at the very beginning, Yes. wanted to also just make the point that one's ability to access abortion is still determined by where a person lives, how much money they make, and often the color of their skin, mm-hmm. and that our fight is, is far from over. And so you know, we have to continue this work, until
0: everyone has access and it's just, it's not a, a right in name only. Excellent. All right, then. Thank you so much for ending with that. Jamie Lockhart, the Executive Director of Planned Parenthood Advocates of Virginia. Uh, this is, of course, a national fight for women's rights, as well as reproductive rights and health care and sexual health care and Affordable Care Act. I mean, it's, it's all... We're all connected here trying to make us all understand that this giving people affordable health care and access to it, it's not as simple as it should be in this country. And as uh, Jamie has just mentioned, it's more difficult for a lot of us than it is for some of us. How's that, Jamie?
1: Correct. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. All the best to you and your organization and all the work you're doing, okay?
1: Thank you
0: so much. Appreciate you you having me, Martello. My pleasure. Bye now, Jamie. Goodbye. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Corporate Hollywood would never trust the very young with their multi-million dollar budgets. Young people make their films in the indie world, and so it is here that we find accurate, insightful depictions of what we ourselves felt way back when. In all the real girls, David Gordon Green weaves magic as he brings us into the intensity of young love. Paul, Paul Schneider, has been the town cad. He has sullied many a girl for sport, but now has fallen in love with Noelle, Zoe Chanel, the younger sister of his best friend, Tip. Tip knows Paul's history all too well, and is horrified that his sister would be treated in the same way he and Paul had dealt with others. Somehow there is a difference for the real girls. There is a cautionary truth depicted in the way these hormonally raging young men treat the available girls. But All the Real Girls is a beautifully rendered film with an extraordinary cast whose truths serve to remind, inform, and warn, not titillate. The older we get, the more we forget the heightened feelings of our youth, the callous relationship adventures, the intensity of first love. This rich and classic indie film is a charming and bittersweet reminder. Indie film in it, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world memories and memorials, maestros and madmen, missives and miracles. The truth that hurts, America's character decay neither began with our 2016 election nor will end with our 2020 census and election duo. The truth that sets us free, most of America's problems have come from placing too much trust in leaders in both public and private sectors who think, act, and look like Trump Pence. So this Memorial Day weekend, may our memories of mothers memorizing faces of missing children and loved ones in uniform snatched away, let us honor all who have been subjugated by men believing themselves masters of all, promising them never again. Haunted by what's been sacrificed, who best reflects American idealism? Representative Justin Amash, Machiavellian Barr, or Madman DJT? Who suffers in the dissonance of missives tweeted to distract coal miners and manufacturing workers from broken promises if not family farms and small businesses traded to death by a money-launderer. What's trending with Trump-Pence administration for people of color, affordable health care, and women and children? Will a president allowed to evade subpoenas honor decisions of federal judges? If Justice Anthony Kennedy, Rod Rosenstein, and Robert Mueller want America's heroes, are we the people all that stands between American democracy and mob rule? Why are Americans at Trump rallies hypnotized into following, quoting here, an existence unmolested by the rumbling of a soul? Unquote. How does America survive McConnell's judiciary takedown, Barr's DOJ intelligence agency's invasion, and Trump's projecting his ignorance of constitutional law, particularly high crimes, misdemeanors, and treason, onto his political enemies, the American people? Before December 7, 1941, most American citizens and their elected officials had little desire to enter a Second World War, so we waited and hoped for a miracle. However, we learned while there is good in most people, some only emit moral bankruptcy. Before September 11, 2001, most American citizens and our elected officials thought oil barons and gas guzzlers more praiseworthy than Henrietta Lacks. However, Bush Cheney Rice wolfowitz mushroom cloud manipulation of both facts and Congress denied us the hard truth except that of young one percent volunteers marching off to war for the one percenters too big to fail or jail depositing all of us into the friends of dick cheney's 2008 recession club yielding madmen making derivative memories yearning to maximize a new iranian chapter of memorials In 2019, we're left engulfed in needless trade wars because of the madness of a mischievous juvenile-in-chief motivated in Roosevelt Room to master intimidation of clingers-on, magnetized by malfeasance. Memories of Fifth Avenue, the halls of Congress, city food deserts, rural neighbors without high-speed broadband, and Americans living in Puerto Rico deserted confirms our land of the free is overshadowed by a prince of darkness however while much of america's history has been manoeuvred for personal gain by older caucasian men there are fewer men maddened by the fear of the twenty forty five missive muffled memories will suddenly manifest with a mighty righteousness propelling all native americans all people of color lgbtq and constitutionally locked out female americans to lavish on any face paler than their own bearing a penis the same maltreatment they received from wannabe masters of greed and oppression before december thirty first twenty forty four but fear not for most americans are not petty like trump hypocritical as Pence, hateful as McConnell, small as Mnuchin. Most presidents don't rip children from their parents. Most VPs don't ignore Jefferson's separation of church and state wisdom. Although, admittedly, too many political clones drunk on McConnell's magic potion put party before 99% of Americans, most aren't bigots who financially honor murderers of Native Americans over lifesavers like Harriet Tubman now on this memorial day twenty nineteen let us ask ourselves when will our short-term memory memorialize the bait and switch from garland to gorsuch and Kavanaugh, and adjudicate operatic mood swinger lindsey graham first chair Gracely, super hatch and their masterly maestro mitch mcconnell Most men are neither rapists nor pedophiles, and most in public service put their lives on the lines to save others. Most Americans, particularly teachers, first responders, and Trump-maligned FBI agents and news reporters, are pro-life for all lives, from Alpha to Omega. Most Americans never stop hoping for the best life ever for their family and friends. Most know Planned Parenthood doesn't murder anyone, and most American administrations have rarely locked children in cages. Knowing perhaps Guantanamo and Quantico notwithstanding, most Americans abhor torture, and know an extremely stable genius wouldn't make Trump's access Hollywood tape. Most of us know when a potentially treasonous target under suspicion feels cornered and trapped Real patriots miraculously defend America, memorializing, ask what you can do for your country. Thank you, and join us, become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.